Welcome to Inbound Sales Journey. If you want to hone your sales skills and learn from the leaders on inbound selling, you've come to the right place. This episode of Inbound Sales Journey is brought to you by the Agency Sales System, the online course designed specifically to teach you how to build a rock-solid agency sales system inside your HubSpot CRM. Learn more at doinbound.com slash sales course. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan and Greg. Welcome to episode number 45 of Inbound Sales Journey. I am one of your hosts, Ryan Herman, and I am joined by Samuel Gray McKenzie. Gray, I don't know if we've addressed your first name before, but just well, let everyone, now it's out there, everybody. Everyone knows it is so really. I've got a regular first name. My bad. Yep. There you go. So, in the last episode, we talked. Uh, we actually brainstormed a little bit about some ideas of uh, of some products that we could sell uh, in the beginning of our sales process, which was, uh, I think, an interesting conversation, Gray. Uh, in this episode, we are going to focus in a little bit more on what services you should be selling at your agency. We have a couple of stories here, Gray. We're going to talk a little bit about the Guava Box story and how we started and how we found our focus on, on what it is that we actually offer as a service. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about another real life example that I think will be helpful for people and specifically how this affects your sales process. Uh, as well as sort of the culture within your your agency as you start to figure out what really is it that we should be saying yes to and what we should be saying no to. So, Gray, if you could kick us off, share a little bit of the Guava Box story at, in regards to what we did in the beginning as to what we offer now and, and the kind of the effect that that had on the, uh, on the company. Sure. Yeah, well, I'll keep this kind of brief because I know that we've shared some of our story, quite a bit of our story, uh, in past episodes, and I mean that's just a big part of who we are. So obviously that's going to come out a lot. But Guava Box, when we originally started, so we started this thing right out of our dorm room in 2011, uh, very beginning of 2011, and our goal was to become a. At that time, we were more familiar with the phrase content marketing, but a content marketing or inbound uh, marketing agency. So moving more into the strategy and then helping people figure out and measure the ROI of their entire kind of. Uh, content strategy, content um, campaigns, and content production, content promotion, all that, all the good stuff there. The struggle that we ran into is you're 22 years old and still in college, and people will trust you to some degree for your technical chops and not as much for your content and or not as much for your at least strategic chops at that point in time. So we wound up doing a lot of web design early on, doing a a decent amount of SEO, social media. I did website hosting. That was the first business that we had was the hosting side, um, which I was doing personally and then brought into the business. Um, Just a lot of kind of one-off types of things. And we, uh, Ryan and I were just talking before we hit record here, don't really love this term, but the term that we've used kind of over and over to describe who we were at that point in time was digital yes-men. Basically, if you needed something done online, and we at least had some idea how to Google what you needed done to figure it out, we would we would take it on and tackle it and do it. And, and I mean, uh, uh, there's some pros to that. Number one is we needed the revenue to survive at that point. I went full-time right out of college, um, had to work my way through school and pay off uh, – pay off you know school expenses and car expenses and stuff um right out of the gate so we needed revenue so that was beneficial for that we we did get revenue and um everyone's still alive which is good 
the other good thing is we learned a lot about a lot of different things and learned a lot of stuff that we didn't want to do. The downsides were an awful lot of the projects we were taking on uh, weren't very integrated together. There's a whole lot of downsides. Cash flow was rocky. Results were hard to showcase when we were just doing little bits and pieces here and there. Um, but we did start to build up referrals and kind of built our way to the point where we could start saying no to stuff. And so as we've matured as an agency and we partnered up with HubSpot a year later in 2012 and uh, at that point really started diving into inbound and saying no to a lot of this one-off stuff, um, that was a turning point for our business to get that focus. Um, we had at least a little bit of revenue coming in the door and we started to chop away. And that process has continued now for the last uh, for the last four years as we're continuing to chop things away just this year. I'm in the process right now of still trying to chop away our last couple legacy hosting clients and migrate them, which is a challenge for another podcast another time. But but getting rid of old clients is uh, is something that that um, takes some takes some diplomacy and uh, and you have to be looking out for people and taking care of the people who took care of you back in the day. But I I would say to answer this question of how many services should you sell at your agency. The general principle is as few as possible while balancing what your clients need. So you can't chop off a service that your clients need that you're the best equipped to provide for them um, without without a really good excuse for – without a really good reason for why you're going to make that happen. So I'm not saying chop everything down and just provide one single service. You need to look at what's best for your clients and the specific niche and vertical that you're targeting. Um, but in general, fewer is better. What are your thoughts, Ryan? I think, Ray, um, well, I'll tell the story about when I first came back to you, what I remembered us, you know, I took a, a little hiatus and I talked about that in a few other episodes for a couple of years and then came back to the agency and to do inbound. And I remember talking, uh, with you guys when we were first talking about sales process and I was on my first couple sales calls and this guy I got on a call with, he was wanted an e-commerce site. And, uh, and I was like, okay, great. You know, cause I was like, I'm sure we could do that with websites. Why wouldn't we do e-commerce? And I came back and I was talking with you and Andrew about it and you guys were like, yeah, we don't, we don't do e-commerce anymore. And I was like, well, this guy's willing to pay us for it. Like, you know, why, why not? And part of it was because you guys learned this lesson the hard way, unfortunately, but I think the way most people learn it, which is, uh, if you try to do everything for everybody, you're going to just do everything very mediocrely um i mean you can still do, do it partially well but it, it's not going to be as streamlined and it's going to really overcomplicate things for the agency so sometimes you need to say no and great we were talking a little bit before this episode about it's sort of the chicken and the egg problem right like you need revenue so you need to say yes to to some things but at the same time like you want to say no because it's going to make everything harder and so i told you gray a story that i think i'll share um, with everyone right now, which is a good example of this in a little bit of a different industry, but similar principles that can be applied. So I grew up in Rochester, New York, and my dad has worked for the same company for probably almost 40 years now um, called Tom Walls, which is a local uh, burger chain. And he started there just washing tables and worked his way all the way up. And there's a uh, sister company called Bill Gray's. Uh, and they are a similar, just pretty much identical. They have, they order the meat from the same place. The burgers are almost identically the same, but they have two fundamentally different business models. 
And what my dad is in favor of and what I'm advocating to you now is in their situation, a limited menu. So you can go there and you can get burgers and you can get fries and you can get hot dogs and milkshakes. And then after that, you start to, you know, have some chicken tenders and things like that, but that's pretty much it. Um, Chipotle is another good example, right? More of a national chain. People know pretty limited menu there. Bill Gray's on the other hand took sort of a different approach. And what they said was, well, some people like deep fried mushrooms and some people like mozzarella sticks and some people like this and that. And they ask us for this. So why don't we offer it? And so two different ways to do things, but really kind of an equal company. If you think about inbound marketing agencies, a lot of the agencies, you know, everyone's doing blog posts, everyone's doing eBooks, that kind of stuff. We offer similar services, but some agencies get sucked into, well, what if I did some traditional media and what if I did PPC and social and this and that, and they keep going on and on because they have people who are willing to pay them to do it. And the way I would say, Gray, and and the way I would view it is this. In the beginning, inevitably, you're going to have to say yes to things that are a little bit outside of your scope because you need the revenue and you need that to happen. But what you don't want to do is you don't want to start with a limited menu and then expand it just to cater to everyone. Because when you bring on more services at your agency, what you do is you stop doing the things that you did originally quite as well because now you're trying to take those same people that you have and have them learn all new skills and they might neglect or not do the things that they used to do to to a great detail. And they're also going to be kind of learning on the fly for these customers how to do whatever the new services are for them. And I think there's a real danger there because although you're bringing on new revenue, all of a sudden without really even thinking about it, you're going to have to change your sales process. It's going to become longer. It's going to become more complicated you're not going to be able to say no, even though no, you know you don't want to say no to people. No is a powerful thing, and no helps you a lot of times, either to figure out not a good client moving on, or for the client to accept no, they don't do this, but it's because they do these other things so well, and I can live without it. And as a professional recommending something to you, maybe they don't need it, you know that type of thing. So I would say as long as you're always trying to get down to your focus you'll be successful. Because great, to, to further the guava box example, what we did is we said yes to everything in the beginning. But now that we're back, I always tell people in the beginning of my calls, just as a qualifying statement, I say there's two things that we do and we do them incredibly well. We do COS projects with excellence. We have a couple guys on the COS advisory board with HubSpot. We are one of the best COS agencies out there because I believe that we are. And the other thing that we do well is inbound marketing game plans and execution of that. What we don't do is a ton of pay-per-click management. We don't do traditional billboards, radio ads, a lot of video, that type of stuff. And if they are dead set on needing that, then it's a really quick, okay, not, not the client for us. But so many people fit into those buckets that we have identified as being profitable for us, allowing us to streamline the processes for those that it's certainly enough to go around to keep our agency in a good spot financially. And as you grow and as you're out there and you're doing your own marketing and stuff, I think that's such an important thing too. People say, well, how am I supposed to trim down my services? 
and still get the, the clients. And I would say, first look at your marketing. And before you start trimming all your services, start marketing as though you have trimmed your services. Start marketing as though you offer, like in our case, great COS stuff and great uh, inbound marketing retainers and, and that type of stuff. But don't ever be talking about how you guys do you know, tr- any sort of traditional or pay-per-click or, you know, that, that other stuff, if you're, if that's what you're trying to get away from, if you've identified that as not being very profitable, because as you streamline your processes, both internally and through your sales process, what you'll find is the core of what you do will always be more profitable with the, with the least amount of, um, distractions in some of those other areas as well, Gray. So I just went on a rant there as well. I Gray, I feel like very passionately about this one though because I I just have so many agencies I talk to that always are saying, you know, on on demos and just as I get to know them better, like this is an area we're trying to get better at. We need to focus up a little bit more right now we're doing this this. We have people that are still willing to pay us. And and some people want to change and some people don't, but I just see the agencies that have a great focus, a great niche both as a client, this is our niche, but also internally, this is our niche of services. Those are the ones that seem like they're really cranking, really doing well, know who they are as an agency and are, are very profitable. So I th- wanted to pass that along to our listeners. Yeah. I think, uh, I mean, everything that you said, I agree with. I think that we all kind of know what needs to happen. We're all familiar with uh, Pareto's law, the eighty twenty rule. Um, and it's just hard to walk away from, from revenue because the replacement isn't in, and we've talked about this a little bit before the replacement isn't right in front of you but take that time that you would have spent providing those extra services i know that you're you're walking away from client stuff that time's going to easily get filled up anyways but if you find yourself saying well we've got extra time go spend it marketing the stuff that you actually want to do and building up the lead pipeline for that and i think that you'll quickly realize what uh what a difference that makes when we first started to say this is probably end of 2012, beginning of 2013. <clears throat> and we started to look at, okay, what verticals do we want to be in? We picked five. Uh, at the t- I don't know why. Um, I think because that's what um, that's what we were seeing a bunch of other agencies do. And we thought that won't limit us too much, but it'll give us some expertise in these different areas. So we looked at manufacturing, software, um, we looked at healthcare, professional services, and I think the sporting, this kind of the whole sports industry, um, something that we were interested in. Over the course of, uh, of the years, that's kind of narrow, narrowed down to one primary vertical. We do a lot in the uh, SaaS space, so software as a service, which is even a subset of the whole software industry, um, with manufacturing kind of as a secondary vertical there. And very few uh client relationships still existing client relationships outside of that vertical and we're not bringing on uh you know new clients that, that fit outside of that box and so that um that kind of continual focus has just made a world of, of difference as we've cut down those extra verticals that we said that we were going to be in um, but never really made a ton of strides in or made strides in but realized this isn't really a good fit for us our skill set and the services that we're providing um, the businesses just continue to grow from that. So I want to close with that. Uh, we want to thank you guys again for listening. You can grab the show notes for this episode and all the others at doinbound.com slash sales journey. Just search for, um, for inbound sales journey inside of iTunes. If you're trying to subscribe on there and have access to all the episodes and make sure that you join us next week, we're going to answer another, uh, listener question 
talking about um, who should I be reaching out to in sales? Should I be talking to someone who's in marketing? Should I be talking to the, someone on the sales side? Should I be talking to the executives? So we'll be addressing that question next week. And until then, have a great week and keep pushing forward. Thank you for listening to Inbound Sales Journey. You can find the show's notes for today's episode at doinbound.com slash salesjourney. That's doinbound, all one word, dot com slash salesjourney. Today's show is sponsored by Do Inbound, the world's first project and process management platform built specifically for inbound marketing agencies. Learn more at doinbound.com. If you enjoyed this episode, why don't you head over to iTunes and subscribe. Make sure you leave us a review of the show. Until next time, remember, life is a journey. Keep moving forward.